One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat, set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep and a squall came down on the lake. So the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. We're in this series where we're talking about the sayings of Jesus that are a little bit more difficult and often don't make it on someone's tattoo. They do, don't usually make it into someone's memory verse lane. And today we're going to chew on this phrase, where is your faith? Everyone say, donde esta su fe? Let's pray. God help in Jesus' name. Amen. Give someone a high five. Have a seat. And let's talk about donde esta tu fe? Where is your faith? So I went to a cashier recently and needed to buy something and I thought I had my credit card and I did not have my credit card and I did not have cash and I was unable to purchase what I was trying to purchase because I did not have the plastic to make the purchase go through. And I was bummed because in my car I had a little bit of change, but I didn't have enough to cover all that it was going to take. And I did not have the money to pay the bill. When it comes to faith, I've often felt like I don't really have the skill to pay the bill. When it comes to faith, I've often felt like I've arrived at that cashier's place and I just don't have it in me to believe. I'm not sure if you've ever felt like this. But I have kind of felt like, man, I don't know, I, it seems like faith is like a talent that I don't have. Like some people have a talent, like we've got some of you that sing. The other day I was sitting somewhere in here and, and one of you on the left of me and one of you on the right of me, you had great voices and when you sang, I'm like, wow, you need to go get up on the worship team. And there's been other times I've sat near some of you and I've been like, Not, you should go get up on the worship team. I'm like, man, you make a joyful noise, and when you go to heaven, you might get a great voice or something, but in the meantime, you make a joyful noise, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, because everyone's got different talents and abilities and skills and all of that, and I have often felt like I just don't have the skill or the ability or the talent of believing. Like, for some of us, faith just kind of comes easy. It almost feels like optimism. Like, hey, it's going to be a great day. Things are going to go well. It's going to be a great semester. It's going to be a great meeting we're about to have. This will be great. And then some of us are a little more analytical or some of us are more pessimistic or some of us are more realistic or whatever it might be. And faith has often felt like a talent or a feeling, like a feeling that you have. And it has often felt to me insincere. Like I really value like sincerity and authenticity. And so it has regularly felt to me like religious people are wanting me to act like I'm way more sure than I am of something. When in reality, I know it's a bummer because I'm the pastor and so it'd be like, hey, we need you to have the most faith and at least fake it till you make it. But I really hate the idea of like faking it and just be like acting like you really believe something when you don't. Or acting like you're sure of something when you're not. 
And faith has kind of felt like that to me sometimes. Like you're having to act as if you're totally confident in something that you're not. So it's like a feeling or a talent or being really sure. And it has felt like it's either something that you have or you don't have. And because of this, faith has often, for me at least, felt very elusive. Like I just can't. I, I can't. I don't, any of you that know me, I don't have it in me to act like I mean something that I don't. Even if I have to get up on stage and there's the pressure of like performing in front of people and hey, isn't there, you know, okay, get up and do a little spiritual TED talk or something like that. Can, can you at least act like you, I, I just, I, I literally don't even like to preach things that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't die for. Sometimes we joke in church, like I'll delegate some sermons. I'm like, ah, eh, I don't know. So whenever you see us delegating sermons, you might know oh, that's one of the ones Mike didn't want to do because of whatever. And it's not that it's not true, it just might be that's not where my heart is at. And that's why this story to me, that's why this passage of scripture is so incredibly helpful because it feels like some of the best news I've ever read for faith-challenged people like me. And if we'll look closely at this, I think this statement, this difficult saying, where is your faith? This, este frase, Donde esta su fe? That this, it's way better news than you've imagined that it is. For, for most of my life, for most of my Christian life, when I started reading the Bible, I would read this and I would read other places where Jesus would often talk about faith. And he would say things like, oh, you of little faith, or oh, you that, that don't believe, or, or you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. Or in a case like this one where he says, where is your faith? And where is your faith has often to be felt like a harsh rebuke. Where is your faith? Kind of like you should be ashamed of yourself. Who's ever read it like that? Let's just be honest. Who's ever read it like, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be more like your sister? How many times have I told you? How many times, how, how long is it going to take until you finally believe? That's how it has, it has felt to me like a word of condemnation. But I've come to realize it's way better than that. I've come to realize that this is, <laughs> this is actually one of the best difficult sayings Jesus ever said. So it was Christmas time, and I regularly lose my, my keys. Like I'm probably 15 of you in our church have, have diagnosed me with ADHD from a distance. God bless all of you for speaking words like that over me. But I do. I, I will lose my keys or whatever. And so do anyone know what this is? What is it? It's a tag. What's it do? It tells you, so I'll be looking for my keys and I've got to go somewhere. And when I cannot find my keys, I come over here to my phone. I open the little find my app. I come over here. I go to devices and I do this. And I start walking around the house. And I start finding, next thing you know, in between the cushion in the side of the couch, there's my keys. So when I say, donde están las llaves? Now I know the answer. Where are the keys? I know where the keys are. They're in the couch. Or like, oh, the keys, they're in my car. Or the keys, they're in, they're in some other place. But all this time, when I would lose my keys, I'm like, oh. Now let me tell you what I never did. When I could not find my keys, I never concluded my keys no longer exist. I never concluded my keys have been disintegrated by aliens from another planet. 
called Asgard. I never concluded that someone snapped their fingers, and this was one half of all the devices that disappeared. I never concluded any such thing. Every time my keys were lost, I believed that they still existed. I just did not know where they were. But when it came to faith, when Jesus would say something like, oh, you that have so little belief, oh, you that have so little faith, oh, where is your faith? I would interpret that as a rebuke. Why don't you have faith? And yet, this is not a word of condemnation. This is a word of invitation to ask the question, donde esta su fe? It's an, es una invitacion. It's an invitation. Where is your faith? It's not bad news. It's good news. Because here's the good news. The question is not if you believe. It's always what you believe. The question is not if you have keys. The question is where are your keys? Now, the reason this matters is because you are a believer. Okay, look at someone next to you and say, you're a believer. The old monkey song, and then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. You are a believer, and you are a believer, and you are a believer, and you are a believer. Agnostics and atheists will say, I don't believe. No, you do believe, you just don't believe in God. You're believing in something, though. You might say, I do not believe God's word. You might not believe God's word, but you are believing something. You took your rear end and sat in a chair today that you believed was going to hold you up. So far, so good. (laughs) Fortunately. You are a believer, Jesus says in verse 22, let's go to the other side. Jesus gives them an announcement. We're going to the other side. Jesus gives them a word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're always moving. Your life is animated by the words, concepts, beliefs that you're latching onto. Your life is being moved by what you believe. If you believe that having a lot of money is going to give you security, you're going to work for a lot of money to give you security. If you believe that having more followers on your social media account is going to give you a sense of validation, you're going to do whatever it takes to go get more followers, even if you get bots to follow you on your social media accounts. But you are a believer. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. These disciples have a word on the record. They've got a word that is that Jesus has claimed, we're going to the other side. They can bank on that if they would be willing to. They can bank on that. That when the storms come, they're to be banking on that, which is why when it says this little detail that as they're going over this, they got into the boat, they sailed, and Jesus fell asleep when the storm comes. He's still sleeping. Here's my question. Why is Jesus sleeping when the storm comes? Someone said he's tired. He was tired. You're right. He was tired. He was, he was tired. He was not afraid. Why was he not afraid? He knows where we're going. When you know how this ends, you're not freaking out like those who don't. Now, you could say, yeah, but I don't always know how it's going to end. You don't, but you know who does. And when the one who does gives you words and promises, the question is, do you listen to the words and promises of the one who does? Let me back it up. Let me back it up. Have you ever been watching a movie and there's like a tense part of the movie, but you really have to go to the bathroom? 
right? Has that ever happened to you? You're like, oh my gosh, like, mm, right? And you're like, okay, what am I going to do here? And so, you, and then in, in the middle of the movie, you're like, hey, hey guys, I'm going to go ahead. And, they're like, I'm going to the bathroom. They're like, wait, you're going to the bathroom right now? You're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. I've already seen this movie. How can you go to the bathroom during a tense moment with a smile on your face? And the answer is, I already saw how this thing ends and we going to be all right. The one who already sees how this ends is the one who said we're going to the other side, which is like, you know what? I think I'm going to take a nap because we're going to be all right. Can I get an amen? amen? See, you are a believer. Make no mistake about it. You will either believe in the character and the person and the words and the promises and the track record and the way of him or you will believe in the words of something or someone else. The question is never if you believe, it is what you believe. You will believe something. You don't have it in you to not believe. We are worshiping creatures. You don't have it in you like Bob Dylan said, you're gonna serve somebody. You're gonna serve something. There's going to be a, a worship. You are a worshiper by nature. You may not call it worship, but you will worship. You worship that which you serve and make sacrifices for. Some of us worship travel sports. Some of us worship our jobs. Some of us worship our family. Some of us worship our kids. Some of us worship our, our spouses. Some of us worship our church. Some of us worship our ministry. Some of us worship, and some of us worship only God. One of the breakthroughs of life is when you acknowledge how many gods you have functionally had in your life. And one of the breakthroughs of life is when you realize by nature you're a believer and you believe the promises, words, and predictions of somebody. The breakthrough comes when you get honest about which voice you've been listening to, which is why all the way back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were butt naked and they finally figured it out, they're like, ah, check me out. And God comes down, they're naked and ashamed, they're running and hiding, and God says, who told you you were naked? Whose voice have you been listening to? And I want to ask all of us in this room right now, all of us that are online, whose voice are you listening to? Because when you listen long enough, you begin to believe. And a lot of us claim to be believers in God, but at the gut level, at the street level belief, what we really believe in is the squall, is the storm, is the wind, is the waves, is a boss, is a career, is a social media following, is a comment that someone made on your social media that's crushing you. Delete the stupid thing and listen to the right voice. Some of us have internalized the voices of our haters more than the voice of our creator and we wonder why we're so downcast when he says, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope, put your faith, put your focus, put your fixation on Jesus. You say, well, he's not following me on Facebook. Then delete your Facebook. Because if you can't get distracted from comments from 72-year-old haters on Facebook or 13-year-old followers, you know, 13-year-olds on Instagram, you know, like if that's, I, I just encourage you to recognize that you are a believer and this is not a word of condemnation, it's a word of invitation. ¿Dónde está su fe? Where is your faith? Es una palabra de invitación. It's, it's a word of invitation to examine. This, where is your faith? I don't believe it's a rebuke. I believe it's an invitation to take out your phone, open up, find my faith, and press ping. 
and go ding, 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 ding. Oh, your faith? Oh, it's between the cushion of you suck and the other cushion of you're a loser. Let me, let me change the language. It's between the cushions of you stinketh and the other cushion of thou art nothing. But you are a believer. The question is, where is your faith? See, unbelief is not a lack of belief in God. Unbelief is actual belief in something else. Please catch this. Unbelief, it's not just a lack of belief in God. And we're like, oh, I just don't believe. No, you do believe. You've just left your keys somewhere else. Don't let me forget those. And if I do forget them, guess what I'm going to do? Master, master, they said, we're going to drown. I, I, I love this. I, I love this. Verse 24, master, we're going to drown. Isn't it amazing how dark we go really quickly? There's a storm that comes, we're going to die. Your, your kid's like 15 minutes late from curfew. You're like, my kid's smoking crack. My daughter's pregnant. My son's in jail. You know, like, oh, isn't it amazing how dark we go so quickly? Like, we find something, you know, we're like, I, now don't, of course, listen, there are terrible things happening on planet Earth. What I'm telling you is, it is amazing that when the storms come, how confidently we assert, hablamos con confianza, vamos a morir. How confidently we say, we're going to die. And isn't that many of us? Man, I'm going to lose my job. I'm never going to get the job. I'm, I'm never going to get the promotion. I'm, I'm probably going to lose my scholarship. I'm, I'm, what's, oh, it's, it's, I got a bad feeling about it. it, it master, master, we're going to drown. One version says like, it's like, master, don't you care? Isn't it amazing how quickly we jump? We, 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 everyone says, I can't take leaps of faith. Oh, you take leaps all the time. We tend to take leaps of faith into darkness though. We're going to drown. We're going to die. We're going to, we're dead. We're done for. And let's just get super clear. That was a lie. Like a storm that I think I hear outside right now. <laughs> that was a lie. They said, Master, we're gonna, I'm just saying, we know how the story ends. It is not, it's like saying, Master, Master, two plus two is five now. To which he's like, no, that's not true. Yeah, but that's my, it's amazing how much validation we want on our truth, even when our truth is false. See, unbelief isn't just lack of belief in God. It's actual belief in something else. I, I think about Hebrews chapter 3. And in Hebrews 3, I, I really want you to catch, I need you to really digest this. In Hebrews chapter 3, it describes the Israelites. Now, if you don't know the story of the Israelites, God had delivered them he delivered them from Egypt. They were going to take them into the promised land. They were out to this one place. And he says, I want you to go out to the, I want you to go into the promised land. They're like, well, that kind of freaks us out. And so they sent 12 spies to go check out the land. When they sent the spies to check out the land, the, there were two of the 12, Joshua and Caleb, that came back and said, we believe. Tenemos confianza. Tenemos fe. They said, we believe. We, tenemos fe. Que Dios puede hacer todo. We believe God can do anything. Let's go. Vamos. They're like, okay, let's do this. That's what they said, right? Ten of the twelve did not say, vamos. What did the ten others say? 
They're like, well, you know, we're sitting here on this boat and there's a lot of storms that are going on outside right now. In Numbers chapter 13, they said, the people are powerful and the cities are fortified and the places are too big. And the land, it says, the land literally devours people. In Numbers 14, they said, if only we died in Egypt. Oh, God brought us out here to play a joke on us. Moses is trying to do something terrible. It's amazing. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Unbelief is not just lack of belief in God. It's functional belief in something else. It's functional belief in the size of a law. And functional belief in the fact that God's playing a trick on them. And functional belief that Moses is twisted and perverted in what he's trying to do to them. It's a functional belief in something else. So when you come to Hebrews chapter 3, it says, who were those who heard and rebelled? God says, go. And they're like, not so much. God's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting this. I'm telling you, go take the promised land. And the Israelites rebelled against God and said, we won't do it. And it cost them 40 years in the wilderness. And there are many of us in this room that because we've never learned today's lesson, we are still circling in the wilderness, failing to move into our promised lands because we will not believe God. And today I just want to call you out and give you the great news. It's time to hit the promised land. So this is what it says. Who, who was it that when they heard they rebelled? Everyone say rebelled. Were they not all those that Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Wasn't it those who sinned? Everyone say sinned. Whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest? If not those who disobeyed. Everyone say disobeyed. So we've got sin, rebellion, disobedience. He says, so we see that they were not able to enter. And then here's the, the clicker. They were not able to enter because of, I thought it was up there on the screen, we, we were not, they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. We'd say, wait a minute, I thought they couldn't enter because of rebellion. There was rebellion. I thought they didn't enter because of disobedience. There was disobedience. I thought they did not enter because of sin. There was sin, but I want you to watch this. Rebellion, disobedience, and sin are fruits of a root called unbelief. The reason you have to understand this is because unbelief is a, is a root. It is, it is a cause. Rebellion's just the fruit. A lot of us, we're like, why is my, man, why, why is my, why is my teenager, why is my husband, why is my wife, why is my grandma rebelling like she is? Why is my grandpa going clubbing every weekend? Let's just play that out. <laughs> Why, why is he going, I'm being unfaithful to grandma and going down to the club. Why is grandpa doing that every Friday night? You could say, he's just rebellious. No, there, I promise you, there is a problem of belief because the question is never if you believe, it's what you believe. You will live out of your beliefs. Why does this work so well? It's because our enemy specializes in lies. When, when they're sitting on a boat and the squall comes down and the storms come down, the enemy loves to give us lies. The enemy of your soul, let me just say this, Satan, his name is Satan. I know we don't talk about him a lot, but I'm just going to say, he's called the devil, he's called Satan. Satan is described as the father of lies. In the book of Revelation, he's described as the deceiver of the nations. I want to preach a whole message on this, but I just want to make this little point real fast. If Satan is able to deceive entire nations, don't you know he's able to deceive you? 
See, see, we're so prone to believe, well, if everybody votes for something, it must be okay. Satan is described as the one that is literally able to deceive entire nations at a time. Which means you and me are suckers for unbelief because we don't think the issue is belief. We think the issue is action. But actions flow from beliefs. He deceives the nations. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. In Scripture, from cover to cover, it describes our fundamental problem as one of being darkened in our understanding. Darkened to the truth. We've radically underestimated the role that deception plays both in the evil that we do. Why are you looking at porn? Why are you gossiping? Why are we cheating? Why are we greedy? We're like, well, I'm just greedy. No, 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 trust me. At the bottom of your greed, there's a lie that you're believing. At the bottom of that lust, there's a lie that you're believing. At the bottom of that porn, there is a lie that you're... Now, we don't verbalize them because the enemy doesn't show up with a pitchfork dressed in red with a tail saying, let me tell you a lie. You avoid men. Yo soy mentiroso. I'm going to come. I'm just going to come as a liar. He doesn't come. He doesn't even let you put the words into words when the lie is being believed. The most effective lies are the lies we haven't even yet articulated. Things like this. We're going to die. Lying will solve this problem. If I look at that image, I'll be satisfied. Gossip will make me feel better. If I never get married, I'll never be happy. My family doesn't care about me. God has forgotten me. God doesn't care. No one cares. Evil's greater than good. I'm a failure. I'm an embarrassment. I'm a mistake. If I can't go to that party this weekend with my friends, I'll die. This is the best way to numb the pain. I can always quit later. I can control the effects of this sin. I'll never get free. Evil has the last word. I can't forgive myself. I can't forgive them. If people knew the real me, they'd reject me. God can't be trusted. Lies, 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 lies. Mike, what do you mean these are lies? I'm saying when you look and realize your enemy specializes in lies, the more your beliefs are distorted and poorly formed, the more twisted your discernment will be and your life will go astray. Because when you're believing and latching on to lies, you are not seeing clearly. You, you, you can't see. It's, you're not, but then you're going to make someone speaks to you and you know what they said and you missed what they said. You know what they meant and you totally misgot what they meant. You have no clue what they meant. You'll start to question God and you question people and God will surround you and you get suspicious and you get cynical and there's something about the pure in heart. They just believe. They go through life believing and looking for latching on to truth and those that don't, when you hold on to lies, you begin to get twisted and darkened in your understanding, the Bible says. You don't see the truth and it's truth that sets you free. Mike, how do we even apply this sermon? You, here's how you apply this sermon. I want you to take out your spiritual phone. I want you to open your spiritual app called Find My Faith, and I want you to ping it. I want you to ask, where is my faith? I want you to ping your faith, and I want you to ask, donde esta mi fe? 
I want you to ask the, ne- the next time you're stuck in a sin. Like, man, why, why, do I keep co- why do I keep running back to alcohol? Oh, I'm just an alcoholic. You're a believer. What is it that you're believing? What's it, what belief, what lie is at the bottom of that alcoholism? What lie? I'm not, I'm not denying the need for Alcoholics Anonymous support groups. I'm not denying or, or rejecting in any way, shape, or form support structures that we have in place and things that we do. What I'm asking is, would you be willing to come to God and ask him this question? God, where is my faith? Ask God, what lies am I believing? You're a failure. No, you are not a failure. You're a child of God that was made in the image of God. I feel like I'm nothing. Then go read Psalm chapter 8 where it says, what is man that you're mindful of him and the son of man that you, that you care for him? Yet, you've made humans a little lower than the angels and you've crowned them with glory and honor. You have, you've given them dominion over the work of your hands, all sheep and oxen, also the beasts of the field, the birds of the, the, the heavens, the, the fish of the sea. You've given them dominion over all of that. On one hand, we're very small. On the other, what are humans that God is mindful of us, made in the very image of God? I feel worthless. I feel useless. Oh, that is a lie. That is a lie. Es una mentira. Tú tienes propósito. You've got purpose. Hay honra en tu vida. There's, there's honor upon your life. Significance upon you. I'm not trying to puff you up. Let, let me give you the whole truth. The whole truth is, you're so bad, Jesus had to die. But you're so loved, Jesus was glad to die. <laughs> you're such a wreck, you're twisted into a hundred places, hundred ways. But Jesus is so good, he puts you back together and he glorifies his name to where everyone's like, who could have done this? And the answer is, who is like the Lord? That's what he does. This is what he does again and again and again. The lies that we have of like, oh, I feel so lustful. I, I need to get, uh, I need to get a, a release of this desire that I want right now. A, has that desire being fulfilled ever satisfied you? Has that porn fest ever satisfied you? Has sleeping with a random guy that you met on Tinder ever satisfied you before? Of course, we know the answer, but that won't help you enough because at the bottom of it, what's the lie? What's the lie at the bottom of what pleasure will you have when someone is in that bed with you and you had that moment of pleasure? What is the lie that I'm believing when I'm worried about my children? that they're going to be erect, that they're not going to make it, that they're not going to be okay. What is the lie that I'm worried about? When, what if my marriage falls apart? What is the lie? What is, and then I ask, God, where is my faith? What is the lie I'm believing? And here's what, I'm, I'm, this is worth you, put, put, the, put it up on the screen so people can take a picture, write it down. I want you to ask God, this is the application, ask him, what truth counteracts the lies that I'm believing? This is what I want you to do with the message. I, whether you do it in this room while there's a hurricane happening outside right now, or whether you do this later on, I dare you to take a few moments and to talk about this with the king of your heart. Ask God the questions where is my faith? What lies do I tend to believe? Like, what, what lies do I keep? Well, you are worthless. If your net worth is not as much as someone else's net worth, then you are worthless. What? 
What? Jesus said not many of those that are great in this world are going to be in his kingdom. That's what Jesus said. So don't get me wrong. All I'm trying to say is that God's scoreboard is very different than this world's scoreboard. If you're judging yourself by the scoreboard of this earth, you have been severely twisted in your understanding. It's irrelevant how much money you have or don't have. It's irrelevant what car you have or don't have. What I'm telling you is it is literally irrelevant. So if you are making relevant what God says is irrelevant, then you're walking in deception and I want you to be free. See, unbelief is not just lack of belief in God. It's it's a, it's a faith in something. It's a distraction. Jackie Hill Perry is one of my favorite cultural theologians. I love Jackie Hill Perry. In general, I think you're an absolute fool if you're getting your theology from TikTok and YouTube clips. Uh, however, Jackie Hill Perry is one person that's worth getting her hot takes on things. She explains a little bit more than some of these 30-second hot takes. And some of you that come up, you're like, hey, have you ever thought about this that I saw in this 30-second video? If you can sum something up in 30 seconds, probably not very nuanced, deep, or true. But Jackie O'Perry is, uh, she was just describing, she's like, you know, y'all, I've just been thinking about what we think about and what we meditate on. And she says, you know, I've been thinking about the music that I listen to. And she's like, listen, I'll be honest with y'all. Like, she's like, I was a Beyonce fan from time I was like nine years old, I knew every single song and all. She's like, but man, I just got to tell y'all, a lot of us are struggling with anxiety. We're struggling with fear. We're struggling with stuff. And then we're sitting here and we're pumping in all this garbage from the music that we listen to. We're pumping it into our brains and we're letting all this darkness in. And then we're wondering how we're have, how our, our souls are, because what we say is thinking, oh, I just like the beat. I just like the music. I just like the artist. What we fail to realize is by nature, you are a believer. And if I were the deceiver of the believers, what I would do is try to deceive you into thinking what you're listening has no effect on you. And I'm not getting up right now making a statement that if you listen to something that's not like worship Jesus music, like you're destined to listen to the worst music ever uh, or else that's the only way to go to heaven. I'm not saying that. I am saying you need to own the fact that when you put stuff into your ears, it's going to have an effect on your soul. You got to own that. You got to own the fact that like this one person was, I, I did watch this one, you know, TikTok video this week. Someone's like, hey, what? what was, I, I've just been so anxious and scared and fearful and, and really I've been a wreck. I decided to, for a week, I was going to only listen to like God-centered, worshipful music. And at the end of a week, they're like, my stress levels are down and my anxiety levels are down. And my peace levels are up and my joy levels are up. And, and they're like, it's just, it's amazing what can happen when you get the right stuff kind of going because it's, it's putting you in touch with the truth. It's, see, let me just, let me just kind of close the sermon bragging on Jesus. There are lies. And then there is the one who is described as faithful and true. And that is Jesus. There are things that you cannot trust. The one who you can trust is Jesus. The one that is reliable is Jesus. The one that you can take it to the bank with is Jesus. The one whose words are gold is Jesus. The one who speaks and does not lie is Jesus. When the word says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Are you weary? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. 
Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. Well, Mike, I don't feel like I've been having peace lately. It's there for the believing, but your peace is going to follow your belief. You will always experience the peace of the objects that you're placing your belief in. I don't mean your religious theoretical belief. I mean your functional belief. I mean you're sitting on a boat and the storm is crashing down and Jesus is asleep. I'm asking us to stop going first to he doesn't care. He's left me. It's a joke. We're all going to die. We're going to perish. Those are all lies. The truth is if he seems to be sleeping, there's a good reason for it. Namely, he wants you to exercise your faith muscle. And he's so good that even when you're still like me, very slow to believe, he still gets up and rebukes the storms and takes care of his kids. Is anybody else glad he does that? The question, the question is never if you believe. You're all believing right now. The question is what you believe. The question is not if you have faith. The question is in whom do you have faith? Unbelief isn't just lacking belief in God. It's having belief in something else. It's not inability to focus on God. It's humble enough to admit you do focus on wind, and you do focus on waves, and you do focus on peoples, and you do focus on tall mountains, and you do focus on the land. You, do, you focus on things all the time. And in a lot of ways, faith is a fixation. Faith is a focus of your soul in some direction. And if you are faith challenged like me, then with all of my heart, I would tell you, wake up in the morning and open the word of God. Get up in the morning. When you get in the car, play music that's going to help you focus because your life is going to follow your faith. But I feel alone. Yeah, but Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, but I feel like I'm alone. Yeah, but Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Yeah, but I don't feel like that's happening. Yeah, but Jesus tells the truth. Your feelings don't. Let's go ahead and go with Jesus. Micah, I feel like I'm about to go broken. We're going to die. We're done for. Yeah, but God said, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Yeah, but I feel like I'm not going to have provision. Yeah, but you are going to have provision. How many of you have ever been worried about provision and God came through? Who's that? That ever happened to anybody? Yeah, but I'm afraid. Yeah, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's what Isaiah says. Yeah, but my heart is broken. Yeah, but I heal the brokenhearted. Yeah, but my body is broken. Well, I, I heal bo broken bones. Yeah, yeah, but, but Jesus, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a loser. Yeah, but we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So when you put your faith back in him, you're going to conquer. That means there will be things that you're up against, but you're going to conquer. You're going to get through. You're going to get to the other side. You may be in the middle of the game. It may be halftime and you may be losing, but when you belong to Jesus, you already know we're getting to the other side because he said we're going to the other side. I just ended, I just want to end it back on the boat. We're on a boat. Peter's sitting there. John's sitting there. James is sitting there. And they all think they're going to die. And they're, and they're looking at Jesus sleeping. <laughs> Why is he sleeping? He's not even afraid. I've been in rooms with my wife when... People with demons manifest. 
I don't know if you've ever been in a room and someone manifested demons. By the way, it happens in the Bible a ton. So if your 21st century uh, chronological snobbery puts you beyond what is a reality, geographical and chronological, because it happens all over the world all the time and it's happened throughout all of history, it's kind of just alarming when demons manifest. I'll be honest, my heart starts to beat fast. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I will tell you, the weakest Christian in this room right now has more faith in your pinky than all the demons of hell have against you. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm not just trying to do like Tony Robbins, you got this guys, I'm, I'm trying to just get you in touch with truth. So I, I've watched my wife when like, like there's literally been times someone is like slithering over with demons and, and she'll just be like, no. She has such a peace and a calm. I've been in settings where I almost felt bad for the demons. Because I'm like, she's not even close to afraid. It's sort of like she's on the boat. She's sleeping because she's chilling and she's chilling because she's peacing. And what I'm inviting you into, see, where is your faith? It's not a word of condemnation. It's a word of invitation. The demon pops up. The boss pops in. The storm pops up. Whatever pops up. When you start to freak out, I want you to take out your faith ping, and I want you to ping it and say, wait, where is... You've got faith in in the demons right now? You've got faith in the storm right now? You've got faith in that negative comment that your boss gave you right now? You've got faith in that coworker that stabs you in the back, that greater is your coworker that's out there gossiping about you, that he that's fighting on your side. You've got more faith in that. Your faith is somewhere. I want you to go pull your keys out from between the cushions, and I want you to own the fact that God has made you to be able to believe. And Jesus said, if you believe, you can speak to mountains and cast them in the sea, and it's going to happen. I don't know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know where, but I know that God made us to be believing creatures. And I want to call you today with this difficult word of Jesus. Where is your faith? Donde esta su fe? And today I want you to decide from the bottom of your heart that that there is one worthy of the deepest admiration, hope, allegiance, and faith. And his name is Jesus. And if you're like, but Mike, how can I know? How can you know? Because there's a bloody cross and an empty tomb to make the case. How can you know you can trust him over your feelings? How can you know you can trust him over their slander? How can you know you can trust him over their treachery? How can you know you can trust him over anything? Because he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That he was wounded for our transgressions. He was, he was bruised for our... I know we talk about him shedding blood. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. If he was going to give up on you, it would have been on the cross. And he didn't. So he's not giving up on you now. I'm done.